Cofield and Company NFL insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. Talk to Miles Simmons here on a Tuesday. What's up, Miles? Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Miles. How are you? Uh, we're good. Uh, mandatory mini camps going down uh, here in Vegas and some other places around the country. We'll get to the big Raider story here, or is it that big? I mean, it is expected. How significant is it that Josh Jacobs not at minicamp as we wait to hash out? I guess we got, what, about four more weeks here, something like that, on the uh, franchise tag. So what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about what's going on with Josh Jacobs and what Josh McDaniels had to say today? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's really that big of a deal. I mean, it's a running back, which kind of sounds mean when you say it like that. But I, I think when you're talking about a guy that led the league in rushing, led the league in yards from scrimmage, he already knows the offense. It's not like he's a wide receiver and needs to get real good chemistry with Jimmy Garoppolo, which you wouldn't be doing anyway because Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't practicing. Um, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. What I, what I do think is interesting, though, just from that contract standpoint, right? You've got Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Saquon Barkley, who were all franchise tagged by their respective teams. And, you know, that franchise tag money is 10.1 million, roughly, let's call it, right? And if you sign that, as Tony Pollard did, you're basically guaranteeing yourself that much money already. And if you look around the landscape of what running backs are and are not getting as contracts right now, it's just... Yeah. I don't know what Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are really going to get from their teams. The The market for big running back contracts is simply not there. I mean, think about what Austin Eckler had to go through. He received permission to seek a trade. Nobody wanted him. He was only going to get paid around $6 million, a little bit more than that as base salary. The Chargers didn't even really adjust his contract all that much. They just said, eh, yeah, you know, you reach certain thresholds. We'll give you some more money. And Austin Eckler, if he maxes out what he can make with all those incentives, is not even going to make $10 million. He's going to be somewhere around $8.5 to $8.75 million. So... All of that is to say, like I, I don't know what a long-term deal between the Raiders and Josh Jacobs could look like because when we look at what's going on with the position, yeah, we can say it's devalued, yeah, it's this, it's that, but just what the market rate is right now for running backs, it's not $10.1 million. At least it's not any more than that. So I don't know how where it's going to end up, but yeah, you, you mentioned the mid-July deadline. That's when uh, that's the deadline for the Raiders and Josh Jacobs to come to a long-term agreement. We'll see if something like that happens, but I, I just I don't really know what the market rate for a good running back is right now. Miles, uh, the stories continue to come out with gambling and NFL yeah. players. What is going on? Um, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think it's a players not necessarily paying enough attention to what the betting policy currently is. It also is the, you know, just inundation that we have right now of sports betting and it's getting more popular and, you know, play players see that it's on television and, you know, you see, okay, well the NBA is having a game. You're always got March madness. Like I'll bet on that. But then you also have some players who decide that it's okay for whatever reason to place bets on their own teams or on NFL games, which under no circumstances can you do. And listen, I mean, I have sat in, 
um, NFL presentations on sports betting, right? Because I'm a former NFL employee or NFL club employee, and we get those presentations all the time, every single year. And I, I think it's pretty darn clear what you can and cannot do, but I guess I'm a rule follower and I pay attention. So that's part of it. But I think the other part of it now is, especially with sports betting so legal, you know, you've got teams in bed with sports betting companies. You've got the league basically in bed with multiple sports betting companies. I I think under no circumstances should players be able to bet on NFL games. I think that's obvious. It's same with club personnel, league personnel, what have you. But when it comes to this, oh, you can't bet on an NBA game or on March Madness or a college football game on your phone or on your tablet, whatever, when you are on NFL team grounds, whether that's the club facility or you know on a bus or on a plane or at a hotel. I think they, the NFL needs to take a look at that because it's kind of like, well, what's the difference between whether he does it if the player does it at the NFL facility or whether they do it at their house, right. I mean, this is a silly geographical like restriction to me that I think, especially because the NFL is in bed with all of these different sports betting companies, they need to take a look at that and they need to change it. Well, and here's the thing is they continue to regulate and they continue to clamp down. Even if they, if the players themselves remove themselves from, you know, in, in this situation, a sportsbook account was opened under the name of an associate of Isaiah Rogers, right? But yes. nevertheless, they can set up as many accounts as they want and just have somebody else run it. I mean, if they're not smart enough to figure that out, but they're still, that th- those things are still going to happen. You just got to hope that you don't have a falling out with those people. Yeah, that's also very true. I mean, there. I, I think that over the course of time, let's just say that there have been plenty of players who have placed bets with their bookies or with an associate or whoever on games on NFL games, but they've been smart enough to cover their tracks, right? It, it's, I guess, a little bit easier with digital footprints now uh, to not cover your tracks. But even if you are, like, if you're placing bets via an associate, that means you understand what you're mm-hmm. doing is wrong, Yep. right? So, I mean, that's the kind of person where I'm like, yeah, throw the book at him because this you, you understand what you're doing is wrong and you're not good enough to uh, cover your tracks well enough that you won't get caught. So that's fine. But I, I think that a guy like Jamison Williams, who was not placing bets on NFL games. Why is he getting six games as a suspension? Like that's, that that's to me, it's just too much. I, I, I don't, because if it's a matter of geographical location as to where he is, where, where he was when he placed those bets and he didn't bet on anything nefarious, uh, what in the world do you need to give him six games for? That just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like if he pulled out his car out of the parking lot of the Detroit Lions facility and was across the street at a gas station and he placed the same bet, he wouldn't have a six-game suspension. This is ridiculous. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. Explain again, Are they? how are they tracking at the facility that where they know that someone's placing bets at the facility? That's a good question, Steve, that I don't quite yeah, I, have I, the I'd, answer to. I'd love to know that to. one. I'd love to know yeah. that one because on the Jamison Williams thing, I'm glad you mentioned it because I hear almost no one mention it because really no one is aware of what's going on with the owners. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder when there is going to be a case where we find out that owners do bet sports and they bet sports oh in gosh. their own facility. And it would be really interesting if, say, Bobby Kraft or Jerry Jones, who own back end of DraftKings, 
we're betting with another sports book. Wouldn't we be in a, another one of these situations where we're like, wait, the players can't do it, but the owners can, so there's a different set of rules? Yes, we would be in that situation. Mm-hmm. We absolutely would be in that situation. I mean, it, it's the same as I mean, I don't, but and you know, I, I guess except I haven't thought about this in a while. I don't think Robert Kraft ever got any sort of league discipline for when he uh, was, as Antonio Brown termed it, allegedly caught in the parlor. Right? I mean, wh- so yeah, that there too, is yeah, a different sure. set of rules yeah. for owners and players. We already know this. So I, I I would not be shocked if there were owners who were, you know, placing bets on different sports. And yeah. I don't think that an owner would be so uh, dumb. I'll just use that word to place bets on NFL games. Like you, you can't do that, especially, but I mean, it's one thing if it's your own team, I guess, because it's like, you're not really in coaches beings, but you have information that other people don't. Um, but I don't think anybody would be that that idiotic to do things like that but it yeah when you're talking about you know other kinds of sports bets it, it would not shock me if other people were doing that it, but yeah I, I don't know i i would expect that it would be a different set of rules um for nfl ownership than it would be for players since we've seen a rise in this or at least guys getting caught uh gambling around the nfl i mean the Instant correlation is, well, I mean, the NFL is running these commercials all the time during their yes. products. So how about just cease your partnerships with the books? Or is that one where you just start laughing and it's like, well, I guess <laughs> I could do the same thing with, uh, you know, Budweiser and liquor company. I don't even know who their official beer is, you know, because of DUIs around the league. Uh, we know the right. NFL is not going to freaking turn off the money spigot coming in. No, certainly not. Just as they're not going to, you know, stop taking public money to build stadiums, you know, a big groundbreaking ceremony in Buffalo yesterday. And I'm talking to different people and they're like, you know, why doesn't the NFL just build stadiums themselves? They could do it. They have enough billionaires to do this. And it's like, absolutely right. But they won't do that because billionaires don't do things like that when they know that they can get money from other sources. Wait, I'm a billionaire. Uh, You want me to spend my own money? What? Exactly. No, that's not the way it works. That's how I got here. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and, and, you know, I mean, there are there are places that are self-funded. I mean, the uh, Inglewood Stadium, SoFi Stadium yep. was funded by Stan Kroenke, but there were significant tax breaks um, that went into that in Inglewood for them to be able to build that stadium. Right. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that we see with the NFL and with billionaires and why they continue to have a lot of money. So back to to both yours and Steve's point about you know, getting in bed with these sports books. Right now, we're seeing advertisers, advertisements. We're seeing it on the ticker. You see it on the Jumbotron at halftime, an updated line. But, Miles, they just approved that kiosks can be in stadiums. Is there a yes. bit of hypocrisy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is what the I heck? Mean, you know, game seven of the season, Jamison Williams should run, have a camera crew follow him, run upstairs, whatever, it's not going to be this year, but run upstairs at some point and put a bet in the machine. Well, I like, mean, well, no, what's no, but listen, here? what's just here? I'm just being for real here now, okay? You have yeah. you have a guy in the locker room, and all of a sudden, somebody's going to get benched. You're not going to know it until they come out, and he's texting someone, run upstairs to the kiosk and put a bet in. Why that 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 realistically could happen? It could, but I mean that would that would be one of those circumstances where it's like a paper you got to spin that guy. No, you well, obviously guy. you know that I get that, but you're getting inside information. You're you know I mean a, as it is, I know that there was at least I know for a fact. Let's go to hockey. I know for a fact at hockey there was a situation with the Golden Knights where 
somebody was not going to be in net. And he was not happy about it and let a reporter know. Can you imagine now, all of a sudden, that reporter takes the elevator down to the fourth floor, goes over if there's a kiosk in T-Mobile, and decides to bet the third period on the other team. It, it, it Realistically, there are leaks, there are sources that, that it, these things can happen. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I, really, I don't disagree with you at all. But I think <laughs> what you're asking there is a little bit different than is there hypocrisy? I mean, of course there is hypocrisy, well, right? I mean, I'm is the rhetorical. sky blue? Is water wet? Right. I mean, no, I'm, yeah, yeah, there's I mean. all kinds of it. I, but I don't know that that means that they're going to change it. I, like I said, I think the, the solution here is to change the policy, right? right. And, and until they do, players need to understand what they can and cannot do under the current rules. But I, I don't think that these rules are fair especially given how in bed these NFL teams and the NFL as a league itself is with the sports betting companies. I don't think it makes any difference whatsoever if Joe Schmo is betting on uh, the NBA finals and he happens to be in the locker room as opposed to in his car at the gas station waiting to fill up at the parking lot two seconds from the facility. And that's where I think the issue really lies. It's not with guys like Calvin Ridley and Rodgers who were betting on the NFL and on NFL games and on their own team. That That's one thing, but I, I just... I feel like, yeah, the hypocrisy comes in when you have all of these things that are saying, look how great sports betting is. Look how much money you can make off of sports betting. Get a hundred free dollars to X sports betting app when you sign up for da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, okay, this is an NFL thing. And we, as part of the NFL, can't do this just because we are located in one spot. But if we go to another spot, we can do it. That's stupid to me. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. He's up on Cofield and Company here with Steve Cofield, Will Ramirez, ESPN Las Vegas. DeAndre Hopkins, what do you think? What's the latest? Is he going to land somewhere where they can actually pay him a little bit like Cleveland, or is he going to take pennies on the dollar to go play for a winner? You know, I, I think that it's interesting because I, I am obviously I'm from Cleveland, and so I, I want him to sign with the Browns. But I, I think that there is a very good football and a very good business case to be made that the Browns are the best fit for DeAndre Hopkins right now. And whenever I say that, I'm kind of like, well, is that just my <laughs> yeah. Cleveland bias coming in or right. what is it? But I, I really do think that. I mean, Steve, they of the teams that are probably interested in DeAndre Hopkins. They can probably pay him the most money. And frankly, the Browns need another player. They need somebody else who's dynamic. And yeah, they have Nick Chubb, who is arguably the best running back in the league. Yeah, they've got Amari Cooper. They've got David Joku. They traded for Elijah Moore. I mean, they've got some dudes on that team. But I think if you add somebody who has been an all-pro multiple times with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback, you already have that kind of built-in chemistry that is kind of like riding a bike, right? You saw with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams last year. You get those two guys together, eventually you're going to be able to make a little bit of magic. And so I think adding somebody that's a weapon like DeAndre Hopkins, who may or may not have lost a step, yeah, he's in his 30s now, but he's still dynamic, right? It's still a guy where on third and seven – you can rely on him to get open and catch the ball. And I think the Browns will really need somebody like that. And if you can make Deshaun Watson more and more comfortable, then I think that that's only going to spell good things for the Browns. So Miles wrote about that topic on ProFootballTalk.com. You also wrote about Brock Purdy and what Lil Shanny, Kyle Shanahan, was saying. And he said, <laughs> Purdy, quote, is on the right pace. What 
What is he talking? What pace? The the right pace right. Uh, to recover from his elbow surgery. Back which, for week yeah, one, week 12, or next year? Uh, it right. seems like week one. It, look, okay. it, it seems like from everything wow. that they've said, and Kyle Shanahan has been, I, don't know, I guess, conservative in what he said. And I, I think it's kind of good when you're not trying to put too many expectations on a quarterback, especially a quarterback that – we may tend to forget or may not, depending on you know who we listen to in media, that this guy was a seventh-round pick, right? And even though he excelled last year and certainly did not play like any seventh-round pick we've seen in recent memory, he's still a seventh-round pick. And I think you don't want to put too much on him um, before he's ready. So the sense that I have gotten throughout the offseason and listening to Kyle Shanahan, listening to John Lynch, Brock Purdy should be able to, to participate in training camp probably midway through August. And if that is the case, then he should be able to start week one. But they're not just going to put him out there without a good amount of practice time. And that's part of why they've still got Trey Lance. They've still got Sam Darnold. They're going to rotate who gets the bulk of the first team reps um, throughout uh, the next week of OTAs, minicamp, wherever they're at right now. So I I think that Brock Purdy is going to be okay. He's not had any setbacks so far. I heard John Lynch say last week, two weeks ago, whenever it was, that they are really feeling optimistic that he's going to be okay. They're feeling very encouraged and all that. So it just seems like whatever the right pace is, you know, right now he's throwing three times a week. Kyle Shanahan said today, Shanahan's not necessarily watching those workouts, but all the reports that he's getting back are positive. So if you like 49ers, and if you like Brock Purdy, I guess that's good news. Miles Simmons. All right. Overall sports talk topic that uh, is getting a little bit of attention today. The PGA essentially got bought by the Saudis. Uh, the threat mm-hmm. of lawsuits that scare the pants off them. So now Jay Monahan's boss uh, are the Saudis. This is sports watching. I'm sure they have some interest in getting in a you know one of the big four sports here. I asked a question of the, the guys here on Cofield and Company. Which set of owners and commish are the most morally bankrupt or greedy that they would allow the Saudis to buy a team because the A's are available, I think. The Commanders clearly are available. That thing's not done yet. Ottawa Senators are available. I don't really know if anyone is available in the NBA, but hey, billions of dollars could change things. Who do you kind of trust the least in terms of holding the line and not just, you know, taking the money from the Saudis? Major League Baseball because yep. I don't trust Rob Manfred, uh, you know, and it's just. Baseball is trying to get itself back to peak relevancy, which it, it won't be because, look, the, the NFL is king, right? And uh, the NBA has a really strong foothold, um, even though it doesn't seem like the NBA finals right now are tracking as well as people would like in terms of ratings, but they're still not bad. And it, it is an interesting series. Um, but I just, I feel like MLB right now is at a point where they need to pull in people from wherever they can and they they want to grow the game a little bit, but it's just, it's kind of stalled. And the pitch clock helps. I mean, the bigger bases, the pitch clock, those things have helped, um, I think, make baseball a little bit more interesting this year. But yeah, I just, given who the commissioner is, that's the, the sport that I would trust the least. Miles Simmons, last one. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. the NBA Finals ratings not that great. Interesting series, though, potentially. Heat have gotten back I into it. it. There's this whole Heat culture thing that's developed over the last, whatever, 20-plus years with Pat Riley around. Does PFT mm-hmm. have, like, a Heat culture? Like, do, you, do you have a culture that you're proud of? 
Oh, does I shouldn't have, PFT I should, have a culture? Yeah, I shouldn't, have thrown that that la- I shouldn't have thrown that last part in about being proud of it. We all because we all have a culture at every company. I mean, we, have, we have a culture. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's interesting because we don't work as a team in a team Ooh, setting. Good, We're good all in different cities. So I don't know. I guess, you know, Florio is the one who sets the reputation and he sets everything else. So I, I'll leave it at that. Okay. There you go. That was a good, safe answer. I started down yeah. that path, and I was like, he's going to get in trouble if he answers this yeah. honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's different because we're all remote. There you go. Great, <laughs> there you go. great, great sidestep. All right, Miles, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> all right, have a good week, guys. <laughs> At Miles A. Simmons up on Twitter. Um, I mean, I could pivot this immediately to you guys, but I maybe we'll do it off the air and see if it's applicable for on-air content. The Lotus Sports Staff Culture. What is it? Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Boy, we thought about that a lot, huh? We thought about that a lot. The sports culture here at Lotus Broadcasting. Instead, I'm going to pivot because I like the answers, but they're not for air. Um, Instead, I'm going to pivot to (laughs) this whole thing about heat culture and the organization and all workplaces should have culture. What is the VGK fan culture? Because a few of you guys have actually, and I'm going to say us, I'm not really a fan. Uh, I'm not in this fan group. I am in fan groups, but we've had more than a few VGK fans kind of embarrass the rest of the fans with their decorum the uh, last couple of games. After game one, this was a Miami TV dude on Channel 10 down there trying to do a report, and you can hear him get a little bit discombobulated at the end because he's trying to fight off idiots who were like ducking in a shot and putting up the finger. Two coming up on Monday night. For now, we are live in a raucous Las Vegas. Clay Ferrero, Local 10 News. Thanks, Clay. All right. So, yeah, there's a guy with a finger up. Another person ducking in. I thought this one was worse. I mean, it's a good video because of what happened. But what's this lady's name? Uh, Samantha Rivera, I believe. Yep, yep. Boy, what were you guys doing during break? Um... Willie's story here about Samantha Rivera. He says, Miami-based reporter is a badass. As she's actually, they throw to her to do a portion of the sportscast. Like, she ain't just doing a report. She's doing highlights and some VGK fan jabronis. And you're not all jabronis, but some of you, I just told you yesterday, don't misbehave. And then you have this happening. A very loud crowd here at T-Mobile Arena. Obviously, Vegas fans enjoying the less than ideal night. She's like, no, 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 no. The guy's like, oh, I want to be in the shot. Like, bro. And this, you could tell this, this woman is pretty small. Yeah. And what does she do to keep the guy out of the shot? An incredible stiff arm. And she, and here's the thing you said at the end, the end of our audio, if you go to her Instagram, there's a, she, it's a re, she put the whole reel up. Oh, really? She, it was a minute long report. They were live from Miami. They, they there's another. Uh, I can't remember if it was sports. Somebody put the whole video from the start where they throw to her. Yeah, and yeah, this guy comes in and there. I saw one interview. She's done one interview so far with Sports Illustrated. She said she noticed before the shot. She caught at a gl- glimpse of her eye, but it was too quick. They were about to get thrown to. She could hear the the. She could hear the newscast back in Miami. Right. She saw peripheral. Two guys, 
and she had a, just an inclination, be wary of their whereabouts. Right. And as it was getting closer to time and they could they were eyeing her, listening in the ear, shaking her head to the to the people back there, you know how it is, right? The anchors are talking and then the viewers back in Miami, they could see her on the side. She said she was feeling their presence coming and she was ready. And the second the guy stepped in, she stiff arms him. No, 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 it ain't happening. And she never missed a beat. Never. That was what was impressive. The stiff arm, and then she just she kept going with the report. And like I said, if you go to her Instagram and see the whole entire reel, she finishes her report with highlights and throws it back. Pretty amazing. So kudos to her. Kudos to her. Yeah, pretty amazing. Those are not easy gigs when you're in in the midst of a crowd and you know someone might start jumping on camera or you know grab you or start cussing. Yeah, it's not easy to keep your concentration. By the way, that was CBS in Miami. Now listen. This is going to sound weird. This is going to sound crazy. However, I always go downstairs, especially if I'm doing AP, with about between 10 and 12 minutes left in the game. Always. Because of how AP wants it. And and I don't want to have to file right at the minute, at the at the buzzer, and then get in the elevator, and you're and it's a packed pre- press, uh, right? So I went down last night, and there was a young lady in the elevator. Well, I didn't really pick up on it, but till after the fact, like she had this smirk on her face. Like I didn't think she was smiling at me. She wasn't smiling at the at the elevator guy. But it was it was this like smirk, like something had just happened, but I didn't think anything of it. I could swear when I saw that and I got home last night and saw that post and this morning, it was her and I'm wondering, I DM'd her. I was like, "Hey, I want, we want you on ESPN Radio. I want yeah. you. We want to try to get her on, right? I was like, I think I may have run into you in the elevator, and I don't know if it was right after the fact, but I tend to wonder if she had done her report for the eleven o'clock news, right? Because it was an early start, so she was doing the report back in Miami, and she happened to get on the elevator right afterwards, like with this smirk, like she was pretty proud of herself. I I mm. have to wonder if that was her. God, I got some questions tomorrow. We have Justin Watkins on, yeah, our legal insider. Mm. Um, one. Could you carry a little taser and tase someone legally? Like, are you in that much jeopardy in terms of safety? I wonder. Wouldn't that be awesome if she had it right in her belt? And, she probably wouldn't have been able to get it in, though. Well, that's the problem. No, I think I'm talking about like a handheld that you like. You actually have to touch the person. Not not you're not shooting it. No, but you still have to get you it past security. Oh, get it in the building. I thought yeah. you meant like get the prongs into the person. Yeah, no, you have to get it into the building. Boy, that would be a great shot, wouldn't it? For someone to get tased by by a reporter and then be wriggling on the ground. Oh, then See, you got to worry about the lawsuits, though. That's oh, I was that's, just trying to be on TV, and now you're going to tase me. Oh would, yeah, you would get sued. Yeah, and that's that's why I want to ask Justin tomorrow. The other one is, um, should the NHL actually provide security for the TV people who want to do live shots, 10, like in, in, their, in, in their own interest? Like, yes, it's your sport. You you may want to protect the product that's being put out, and you know some of your fans can be dippies. Like, you don't really want this look for NHL fans. Considering. Or should it be VGK? No. Like, should they provide no, no, security? No, 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 Not at the Stanley Cup. No. At the Stanley Cup, it should be the NHL because they take over the entire arena. So the, the VGK people are there with their team. They're not there with us. They're there for, yeah, they're there to help us, but, they're, but the NHL takes over. And let me tell you something. The way they lock down T-Mobile Arena, and it's very efficient, and it's very they're they're very professional how they do it. But everything cha- protocols change. So now where we used to go down this hallway to get right to the visitors' locker room, we have to walk all the way around the arena, even though we are maybe fifty yards from it, from where you come in out of the press tent. We can get right to it. You got to walk all the way around because TNT is set up, and you can't walk across. You don't want to wait. Blah blah blah. So. 
But there's other security, you know, protocols um, where the guys do their little pregame soccer game, right? We can't even walk to the side of the curtain out that door. We have to take a different route now. When there, I remember the Stanley Cup in 2018. We walked in and out of that door, and they curtained it off, and they just we just didn't stop, whatever. Because I remember for a fact, because Ryan Reeves and Lucas Pisa stopped me and they were giving me crap about my suit. So they were, you know, we were kibitzing, but not this time. Every so the way they provide security for everybody else, they 100% should have areas maybe say, hey, we have five live locations and we will provide security or we will pay for her to have T-Mobile, but there's 100% they should. Absolutely. So we were just talking about the uh, Miami Reporter second day in a row or check that. Uh, second time in a row after a game where some VGK fans were like jumping in the shot and trying to Pushed people around, pushed away into a shot, and a young lady, Samantha Rivera, CBS in Miami, was able to push the guy away. Longer videos are out there. Uh, we're going to try to get her on, but I'm sure she's got a billion requests. Uh, Toby chimed in because we were just rolling live. We, uh, we're doing more videos now up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Toby chimed in and said uh, that Samantha Rivera said, can't wait to be back home. Uh, with the classy Panther fans. It was the one remark that I disagreed with her tweet. Uh, Toby said, as if there's no rowdy drunk fans elsewhere, no excuse for poor behavior, but all fan bases have some bad eggs, especially if there's a live camera rolling. Uh, he did say 10 for 10 with a stiff arm. No, that was that was good. Um, it's still no excuse, though, just because other markets have you know fans who are rowdy. That's not what I thought of, though. Okay. When I saw that, what she's implying is that can't wait to get back to classy fans. You now imply that the entire fan base of Golden Knights, and I don't think that's fair. You could say you you, you made a bad one bad apple for this fan base, something or another, but it did sort of imply that the entire fan base is not classy. I'm fine with that stance. I would take that stance. We're the bad boys of hockey. Oh, boy. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) But there's nothing nothing wrong with – well, What's the worst fan base? And I'm not saying, but no, apparently here, it's us. No, 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 no. Listen, in hockey, no. Let me. Who's the worst local fan base in terms of rowdiness? Golden Knights fans or Raiders fans? Raiders. Okay. I, I mean, is it locals? I, I agree. Some of them might be more out of towners. It might be the California. Well, especially fans. toward visiting fans, because yeah, I will say this. Yeah, I read a Golden lot Knights of comments on different, not even regards to this in el- yeah. elsewhere, where Florida Panthers fans were raving about Golden Knights fans, and they were ended up all hanging out and partying together right. in their rows, and like, hey, welcome to Vegas, and da 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 da, and giving each other fun jabs. So I read a lot of positive comments in the last three four days from Panthers fans that were in town. I mean, are we going to get on a lady for being, you know, like fired up, pissed off? And I'm not saying because she's a female. I'd be pissed off afterwards. I might post something. Whether after, it's a man or a push. female reporter. What? You say you're getting pissed off at a female? Is that what you're saying? I misheard what you said. Say it again. Could you go to social media after you had to push someone off a live shot and take a shot at the fan base? You oh, yeah. could probably do that. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, do I need to apologize afterwards? I don't know. I don't I don't care. No. What I was trying to say on the female part of it is when I said emotional, I didn't want people thinking like, oh, it's just a female. Oh, gotcha, now she's yeah. emotional. Because gotcha. guys gotcha. guys could do that and be every, you know, every bit more fired up. Right, right, right. Okay, I understand. 
Uh, yeah, I would probably go. I probably would have reacted the exact same way and and maybe said, "Can't wait get, to get back to Vegas." So much over with. All I'm saying is, it was once you sit, let it soak in, you start reading other people's reactions. I got the same thing when I posted it and quoted the tweet. I got the same reply. So a couple of people replied to my tweets. Oh yeah, as if as if the whole fan base is classless. Somebody was snarky and was like, you know, quite the comment, and and then flip the script because she implied the whole fan base, right. which I get, but I also get that point. Like you said, she meant she wants to get home, and she was she was pissed off, and I would be too. Damon, do you think it's a badge of honor? Oh, yeah, I think it's a badge of honor, and first off, she's not going to have to worry about coming back to Vegas. I'll tell you that sweep right now, but I'm going to be... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm an I'm unabashed fan where I've got no rooting interest. Well, I mean, my rooting interest is that I'm a fan. So for me, if it's, oh, man, those Vegas fans are the worst. They're so rowdy. This is what hockey promotes. I know it's like, hey, don't get physical with the reporter, and it's got it hasn't gotten there yet. But if if that's the reputation where you got to go to Vegas where it's like, man, those fans are rabid. Bring it on. Right. I love it. Is the other side of this, too, that, hey, you want to do live shots? You're the one rolling the dice. Like we've got area, we got nice quiet areas you can do a live shot in. But you want to do a live shot, all bets are off. I'll tell you the other thing too is if we want this to be our badge of honor, uh, which TV reporters are going to be traveling to Miami? Because if I was a crazy Panther fan, um, I don't know. Do I need to like walk up and trip Kevin Bollinger? Go after Chris Matthews? Who am I going after? Uh, I don't want that to happen. But if we're going to sit here and go, yeah, Vegas, right. we're animals. Okay, well then. When our people go on the road, they may be getting freaking attacked by Panther fans. It could, you know, who it could happen to. I'm gonna tell you who it could happen to. Just out, of, just out of vengeance, like a fan sees that and say, "Okay, Are you we." Sure be- this person's traveling. I do know. Oh, really? Breaking news. Let's do it. Tina Wynn Ooh. is going to Florida. Okay. So it could be, you know, they look at it like, "Hey, you mess with our female reporter, we're gonna mess with yours." Do we have to get Tina on tomorrow? If she's uh, taking precaution if she's not worried. <laughs> we need to call. Seriously, her. I- I'll text her. I mean, we could talk hockey with her. Yeah. But I wonder if I have you ever had to deal with that situation when yeah. you were at Texas and you were uh, you know coming up as a reporter there and so on and so forth. And now, do you have to take cover? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm on it. I'll take care of it. I'll make that text happen. Tit for tat. Our Panther fans gonna want blood. Ooh, revenge. Okay, we were just talking during the break about the philosophy on Sports Talk Radio of just uh, coming up with topics that are just gonna piss off the audience. I'm throwing this out there, but I do believe this is. This is a dangerous jinx because the series is not over. But I think it was Willie who kind of read my mind. Was this you, Damon, talking about – it was Willie um, – about a parade, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Willie yeah. didn't come up with it. Yeah. Um, I was actually at a local watering hole, and we started talking about the parade from a certain angle. Should we not talk about a parade up to nothing? Is this uh- dangerous? We control the sports universe with what we speak about on the show. We I can ruin it all? No, because I don't uh, – unless you start planning the parade. Okay, but well, it, I'm, I'm, I'm planning it here in a second. No, so. you got to do it. I mean, you got to get the logistics. That, that – yeah, in a sense, behind the scenes, like the commission and whoever <laughs> the county, but I'm talking about – you you, say, you said sports talk radio. Right. Okay, so sports talk radio to topic – my my, I sent over. Is the parade going to be bigger than the Aces? So if they win, I'm saying, is it going to be bigger? To start talking about planning it, right? You, they're halfway there. So yeah, you got to right. start. It's a it's a topic. 
But Demond, how are they going to do it if they win it, so on and so forth? Is the parade, if it happens, for VGK winning a Stanley Cup going to be bigger than the Aces? And by the way, this is a serious question from Willie. <laughs> Without a doubt. What are we talking about? When I called Darren Millard, I was already angling to get on a float. I mean. <laughs> Were you serious with this question? Uh, it was a or, little... or is there, or is there an X factor? Because I, I can give you an X factor. You're asking us, will the Knights parade, if they have one, will the Knights parade be bigger than what the Aces did last year? All right. Uh, it was rhetorical, facetious, but yeah, serious. Because there's a lot of construction going on for the F1. That's the X factor. Yeah. That's the X factor. Um, where do we do a parade? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we've already stopped. Have you thought about it? Where do we do it? It's got to be on the Strip. It, uh, the Strip has to be a big part of it. Where do we do a parade? Because Harmon to Spring Mountain is out. That's just that's out. Let me ask you a question seriously. So where, guys. Do we, where do we do it? Is is does it when you say it's got to be on the strip? Is it because we need the backdrop? It spells it's it reeks of Las Vegas. Yes. Okay. It has to be on the strip. Okay. At least at least part of it. I think the end has to be on the strip. Okay. So where do we do it? I mean one one really short route could be. I guess just south of Mandalay Bay, and That's just what I was drive up the strip yeah. and to T-Mobile, and stop at T-Mobile because you can't go too close to Harmon. Right. That's not really a parade. And the Aces had a very muted parade, which I think was brilliant mm-hmm. because you don't want to have what the Chicago Sky had, where they did this long route through Chicago, and there were like dozens of people. In the shots. Where did it end up? Grand Park? I have no idea, but I just remember watching it, and I'm like, well, there's four people. There's eight. Like It, it, it didn't have a crowded look. But I think from Mandalay to T-Mobile or, you know, right like right up to Harmon is way too short. So I, I actually think if you're going to do it, yeah. Downtown parade? You, would, you could start downtown, and then you would snake through – like Naked City and all that area past the Strat and then come up and the end of it is right by the wind and the mall or damn close to it because again, you can't go anywhere. You can't you basically can't go in front of, you know, T I and Venetian. I mean you could push it a little bit, but Okay, I get you can't. it. The backdrop, the whole thing, but in reality, because of what the strip looks like from every angle and you know, from afar, you're gonna see it in the background. You could start this thing. For video purposes, ESPN, Sports Center, whomever, at the Welcome to Las Vegas sign, and and then and then get and then you hit Mandalay and the Luxor and Excalibur, and you start to see everything, and then you can weave it into T-Mobile. You have more space to line the streets at the beginning. Doesn't have to. Willie be, might be right. Maybe it doesn't have maybe, to be flooded with City Center and Caesars. You don't have. We know what all, it is. Maybe that's all the room we need, and that would fans would be packed in there, and it would look awesome. Yeah. So there is the you know don't don't make the route too long because the historic I will, I, I, Las Vegas sign is it, no that's big I I do I do believe Vegas will turn out if they win the cup and by the way we've just ruined it uh, they're <laughs> going to lose now um, if they win the cup I do believe Vegas will show up mm. but don't always count on Vegas you know showing up to the tune of like four hundred thousand people not that many but I mean it was packed for the Aces they had what three thousand I don't know I don't I don't remember what the count was but it was packed. Right, because they did it right. Yeah. Because they, they they weren't like, hey, let's go all the way up and down the strip, and then there's three or 4,000 people at the end of it. It looks stupid. 
It, it was perfect last year, the way if, they did it. If we get the Golden Knights in a parade, even though it'll be midseason, can we get Kelsey Plum to come drop some F-bombs? Yes, she needs to be part of the celebration. Was that was that you just dropped the mic on that one? Yeah. Did you see him lean back all proud? I was well. I was kind of looking over. I, I was. It, it, that was my. You were ver- going to break. My, I'm yeah, sorry. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should, we should have gone off of yeah. Willie's cue. Go to break. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, we're back to continue jinxing VGK. Mm-hmm. Winning the Stanley Cup. I really don't mean to do this, but I think we have to start thinking about if they can win the series, the parade. We were just talking about parade route, and we were saying, hey, the middle of the strip is out right now. F1 owns the middle of the strip, so you can't run it there. Um, I threw out an idea during the break because we were talking about short route coming north uh, from the Vegas sign, finishing at T-Mobile and Toshiba Plaza. Mm-hmm. I was talking about long route starting downtown, coming through all of – like old Vegas, which I think would be awesome. And I would, by the way, I would love for people. Do I go on this rant? Do it. Minutes. I would love more people around Vegas to walk around uh, downtown and the arts district because I don't think they know what's there. Because we were, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about TikTok during the break. I see so many TikTok videos where people are like, oh, it's a bad section of Vegas. I'm like, there aren't many bad, se- like, bad section. Like, I don't think you know what that means. Right. Bad section, not bad. Cut it out. Um, but a long route from, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Circa, the D. You know, Derek Stevens is very much in with as a sponsor and a fan uh, with the Knights, and then have it come up towards, you know, Win and that area. But you can't go past, can't go past Spring Mountain. Can't start getting into that area. So that's rough. And then the other idea someone threw at me last night was like, hey, let's do it in Henderson. I don't know where the hell the route would be, and uh, finish at City National in the ballpark. No. I feel like that would be kind of exclusionary. Yeah. It needs to be down on the strip. That's Vegas. Not downtown Summerlin. Sorry. Sorry, DTS fans. Mm-hmm. I like my idea best. Um, if oh, – let me throw this one at you. And thank God one person who will go unnamed is not on the show. Uh, it's been a great season. It's been a great season. They can't finish this out. Western Conference, right on the brink of winning the Stanley Cup. Let's do a parade. They don't win it. Let's do a parade. Oh, man. Willie's giving me a look like, how dare you say that? Parades um, are for only uh, yes, for the winners? I'm out on that. You're yeah. out? Yeah, no. That, I don't agree at all. So many great stories. You no. don't want to honor them with a big parade? I have a bunch of great stories my entire life. You know, throw a parade for You don't me? want to be the National Predators? Or what, what, didn't the Preds hang up like a second they place hung, in whatever their division? They hung up a banner for oh, got so mocked on. winning the regular season. Western Conference, I think, or something like that. Uh, yeah, no, ridiculous. Nash Vegas, don't ever say that again. We might ever throw, throw you a parade. We'll throw Demond a parade. We'll yeah, everyone gets a parade. You. Everybody gets a parade. You got to win to get the parade. So hopefully we didn't just blow the whole thing up. Willie, appreciate it. Great, uh, great job of guest booking today. Getting up here, LeBron. I got a big one for you tomorrow. Okay. Also, Darren Millar checking in from Florida. Demond, we'll see you. Your home for every UNLV Rebel football game is ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, KWWN Las Vegas.